So what's everybody up, everybody? This is uh, Frank Forza, Frankie, the Organic Tank Forza. I'm here with my buddy Zach Rao, who's kind of like when you were growing up pro wrestling. It's like the, those wrestlers that were from parts unknown. Nobody knows Zach's true identity, but I can <laughs> tell you that he is a very smart guy. He's fantastic for spontaneous, random conversation. Very smart guy, very curious. I always see him at Whole Foods every day, pretty much, by five, six days a week. He journals. And a uh, big fight fan. He's practiced, you know, quite a bit of Muay Thai himself. So we're going to talk about some Connor and Cowboy. Connor McGregor, Cowboy Sharon. We're going to talk a little Dave Asprey since I talked about that a little earlier. Mr. Bulletproof, even though Zach is a big Bulletproof guy with the collagen protein bars and everything. We're not paid for that to say that. But um, we're here at Whole Foods. We're going to stuff our faces. And, by the way, we might as well have it double as a, uh, as a uh, little podcast. So... So, Zach, you were telling me you were saying something. You saw a Connor uh, yeah, interview. So, yeah, so they have uh, they have that platform called, media platform called the Mac Life. Mm-hmm. Um, that I feel like they probably have a bigger following in Europe than they do here. But, I, but they do a pretty good job of, you know, just covering MMA mm-hmm. like a, a standard media outlet, even though, you know, they're owned by Connor right. or you know whatever right. um, but they try to play it straight they might be yeah. they might they might give you insights that like again it's not just it's not total uh, what we would call like you know cookie cutter what do we call it? a puff piece right where it's just totally they, they will show you things that might all, not always be flattering maybe right. to Connor then. right so they posted um, they posted an interview with Connor yesterday mm-hmm. um they actually posted one this morning with John Cavanaugh that I mm-hmm. haven't that I haven't watched yet. Uh, I'm assuming they shot him on the same day because it was at SBG, um, and it was like literally in between training. Like Connor's like standing there like all sweaty, like out of breath. Right. You know. So like, you know, maybe a break in between sessions or something. They like did the interview, but um, it was interesting to. Because all we really had, all we've really had from from Connor is the one interview that he did with Eric Hawani, yep. where he, he was a very strange interview, and you know he was very apologetic and you know sort of the 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 loud braggadocious. Connor that we're used to mm-hmm. was not there and he was more, you know, coming from a place of like knowing he's done some fucked up shit in mm. this interview as a way of like trying to sort of like own up to mm-hmm. things and, and sort of express to his fans that like, you know, he knows he was in the wrong and he's like working on, you know, making a change type of thing. Yeah. So anyway, so we had that. And then, you know, we got some clips. So otherwise, he's been fairly low-key, relatively speaking, ever since the loss to Khabib. Yeah, and, you know, we've got, you know, whatever. We have, you know, we have these things popping up. You know, he punched a guy in a bar and smashed somebody's head, you know, know, cell phone. And, you know, speculation of charges on this and charges on that and all of this shit. But as far as him coming out publicly speaking, we got this, the ESPN, you know, interview where he didn't really answer all of Ariel's questions. Mm-hmm. He kind of didn't... There was a few things that he didn't answer. Okay. And then and then we have 
a bunch of clips from his press tour in Russia where he announced the date, the January 18th date, but didn't announce the opponent. And he was just, you know, in Who happens standard, to be Donald Cerrone now. Yeah, and he was just in standard Connor, Connor form in uh, during that Russia Fresh tour where mm-hmm. he was trash talking, you know, could be even in even in Russia, you know, and and so this interview that they posted yesterday was like it was really interesting to see because well, again, the ca- the cameras, in a sense. When you get in a fighter more in his environment, his actual yes. habitat or her actual habitat, in the gym, pouring sweat, you get a much more visceral, spontaneous, again, different personality. Different yeah. personalities, you go shower, you put on the suit, you look in the mirror, you rehearse your lines, right, right. whatever you do. Right. You put on that other persona. Yeah. Different than down in the trenches, Connor. Right. And it seemed, it did seem very spontaneous. Like, he was just like... Oh yeah, let's do it. You know, let's like let's let's roll. So, you know, obviously they talked about um, they mostly talked about the cowboy fight, and they talked a lot about why is it why is it at one seventy, right? And sort of how that ties into what where Connor's head is at, and sort of what he's you know looking looking for. Right. You know, for for this year, and one of the things that he said that I thought was really interesting is he's approaching he's approaching this fight as and he's looking at this year as a season, like a you know professional sports season. So he's saying I'm about to start my 2020 season. You know, I'm kicking off the 2020 season by you know facing Cowboy. Right. And he's you know really set on being active throughout the year he's he said repeatedly um this isn't this isn't something new from this interview but he's been saying repeatedly that he and dana's been saying this as well that he wants that connor wants to fight three times this year mm-hmm. and obviously that he wants the khabib rematch but all we had really heard from dana and from other sources was that this interview or this this uh, this fight with Cowboy would be at 170, and then there was the potential of if he gets through that and Khabib gets through Tony, right. that they would do the rematch for the 155 belt, mm-hmm. and that's all we'd really heard. And what Connor said was he's. Obviously, he wants that rematch, and we did talk about that, how that's unfinished business with with Khabib. But he also said that what's important to him is to be active and to get back to doing what he does best and to be in a place where he can, you know, jump into fights at the last minute, you know, if needed. So basically what he's saying for why why this fight is at 170 is... He wanted to do a full a full camp without having to cut weight, mm-hmm. and so that he can go through, you know, basically make his return, be at 170. Him and Donald neither have to neither of them have to cut weight, and then immediately after that fight, he can start cutting down to 155 gradually. And his plan is is that he will be ready. In April, if anything happens to Khabib or Tony, as almost always, as, as, as pretty much at this point, 
100 percent of the time so far. Right. When Khabib and Ferguson is booked, somebody gets hurt, right. something happens. Right. So there's probably a 50, 60 percent chance that. Well, this was interesting. I was here. I think it was last year. It might have been two years ago, but I, I think it was last year. And Ferguson Khabib had been booked here in Las Vegas. And my buddy got us tickets. I used to work at UFC, but I don't I don't ask them for tickets because I'm like, oh, that's just too 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 small of a favor. If I ask a favor, Dana, I want it to be a big favor. But so we, we got tickets to Khabib and Tony Ferguson. I mean, I'm just licking my chops. I was so excited. Where he tripped over the. Something happened. And I think it was, it was Ferguson. Yeah. And so Ferguson dropped out. And, and uh, so that was that. But um, uh, but but in any event, so you raise an interesting thing. I mean, so let me, let me, a lot of things to talk about. Connor saying seasons. That makes sense. I don't know if he ever meets with a sports psychologist. He's a smart guy. He, between him and Kavanaugh, they can figure things out. But it's very smart if you look at it seasonally. Even if you do this with your life, if you look at it as a season, yep. then losses aren't as devastating. You don't live in the past. I mean, the Ravens don't think, well, we were 10-6 and six last year and we lost to the Chargers, and so we're 10-6. and six. It's, a new, it's a new season. Yeah, they're 14-2 now. They're, they're dominant. They got different yeah. players that they didn't have last year. Lamar Jackson's way better. If you look at it seasonally, I mean, fighting is cool that way because fighting until UFC was the only sport where you were pretty much expected to, like, be perfect and have zero losses or one or two losses. If you had more than one or two losses in general, like people just didn't have this deep respect for you and they didn't want to watch. They didn't want to plop over their money for pay-per-view. Right. It's totally unfair, yeah. right? So many things can go wrong from being sick to having a bad weight cut to just styles making fights and somebody has the right style. And so it makes sense for a guy who hates to lose. Connor's super yeah. competitive. He's got four losses now, mm-hmm. right? It makes sense to say, okay, what am I going to change? Because every time you lose, losing gives you that feedback. You know that you have to change something. Even if you blow through a guy, if you're honest and you look at the tape, you didn't do everything perfect, there's a lot to change and work on. And so one thing is the psychological shift of just saying, look, it's a whole new season. I'm not living in the past. I'm not going to sit here and walk in the octagon apologizing because I lost to Khabib last time or right. because, oh, Connor's the guy who talks smack and now he's getting humbled and now maybe he should shut up. So, no, I'm still going to be – the evolution of Connor is still alive and well. It's a new season, almost like an O and O mentality, but believing you, you got the goods to beat anybody. Right? Right. By the time he steps in there – so in terms of humility, you and I were going to talk about that earlier because I was talking about – the celebrity or the major influencer that I would most like to to uh, have a, a sparring match with her or punch in the face, legally punch in the face, and uh, and and I and I mentioned this this uh, this celebrity or influencer. I was telling that to Zach off um, off camera, off podcast, and we. I, I said, you know, what's interesting is. I did the TEDx talk on big egos, and I'm well aware that for a lot of people, you have to have that, you know, especially fighters and in yep. certain industries, I get where they have humongous egos. But what's interesting is it's amazing how often that I see someone with a big ego, but someone like even Connor, I see humility in Connor. I saw it before this loss. Right. I still see humility in him. Yeah. I see empathy. I see it when he interacts with his family after wins. Yeah. I see it in his affection for John Kavanaugh and his respect. He didn't. He's never reached a point where he just tuned Kavanaugh out and said, "I just replace." You know, think about how many people leave their coach after they lose. Oh yeah. Think about how many blame their coach. And I gotta, 
I need a change of pace. It's not working here in Ireland. John Cavanaugh, right. you know, you got me this far, but right. we're all good now. See right. ya, sayonara. Right. Think about that. He's loyal to John. So I see a loyalty in him. I see an empathy in him. Yes, his ego can run amok. It can get out of control. Israel Adesanya, we were talking about him. I see the, the, the huge ego needed that, that he has. He has that John Jones kind of, you yeah. can't touch me in between that cage. Yeah. But I also see the approachability. I've listened to interviews he's done where he's talked about how many times people got the better of him in the gym and sometimes still get the better of him in the gym. Mm -hmm. So I hear that humility talking. And, and I see even like a Khabib. And Khabib saying, you know, even after after destroying Connor, or it's a, not destroying him, but 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 dominating, you know, dominating that fight, and and saying basically, listen, I have to forgive Connor. God forgives me. I have to forgive Connor. You still see some humility, even the way that Khabib carries himself. I mean, right. there is a, a lot of humility there too. And I think it's that balance that, and when I don't see that in someone like we were talking about a certain someone, Dave Asprey, who we were talking about Mr. Bulletproof, and and. and Zach's not going to say anything bad about Dave. I don't know Dave. I probably would love Dave Asprey. I probably would love him. But I would love to have a sparring session with him and, and hit him legally a couple times. And then I probably would love the guy. Uh, super smart guy. Really good businessman. And he's got some really, you know, his products do well. But uh, just, I don't see, you know, I was saying to you, in my opinion, I don't see the humility in him. I don't see the empathy and maybe that, maybe the lack of me perceiving that is like why I'm like oh man this guy just needs like Joe Rogan talks about a lot of time you know the benefits of, of the fight sports are that I mean if you're a black belt or you're anybody you're a wrestler you've been trained a long time you've had your butt whipped in there you've went home you've driven home you've been oh man maybe I should quit maybe I suck yeah you you've been humble yeah you realize you're not King Kong on any given day right you don't you, you don't go around as much underestimating people you you, sometimes you haven't, you know, you, you look out, you can see things in little, you empathize, little people, people in a wheelchair, people whatever, you know, it's like, I don't see that in some people, and so, that's when to me it runs out of control, when someone's that, that's what we would call arrogance, yes. you're arrogant, yep. it means there's just not enough humility to balance, right, there's a, it, it's interesting because there's a, there's a really good Ryan Holiday book called Ego is the Enemy, mm -hmm. where it basically talks about it, it talks it's what we're talking about it's it's that you know sort of uh, unchecked ego arrogance and he he talks about it from the viewpoint of stoic philosophy so going back to all of these sort of you know ancient uh, practices you know that Seneca uh, Seneca Marx Aurelius and and uh, and looking at things, and he, he applies a lot of sports context because mm -hmm. Ryan Holiday does a lot of speaking um, with a lot of NFL teams and other teams as well, but primarily NFL. And uh, and he he has a really interesting way of talking about the the balance. And and I think you know for things like you know for people like uh, Israel or for Connor, I think there's a necessary aspect of a psychology of self-belief in yourself that when you walk into an area of competition it doesn't have to be the night of a fight it can be in the gym but when you walk in there you have the belief that you are the best fighter in the world that no one can touch you that you can knock out anyone what whatever it is and that is that is you know fueling the way that your body is responding 
to your self belief. Mm-hmm. It's it's and it's not it's not based on arrogance. It's choosing a belief that makes you feel good and you know unstoppable. Yep. And there there you know the asterisk with that is now if you if you don't understand that you're choosing that belief as a strategic psychology to bring to your you know sport or to bring to competition right. and you walk around 24/7 right. believing that like we've seen with with Connor you know that's where you start crossing the line and you end up in you know a bar you know smashing someone's cell phone or you know whatever he's done and you know, it's it's walking that line where you have an awareness of utilizing self-belief and ego as a tool versus letting it consume you and having arrogance distort your view of reality, which, you know, is is something that, you know, I think most good fighters, most top level fighters are going to struggle with that. It's a little bit different with team sports because you can have that self-belief. And then when you lose as a team, you know, everyone is going to feel like it's their fault. And, you know, week to week, you're, you're figuring out how to regain confidence in yourself, regain confidence in, in your coach and in your team and in, and in, you know, your approach and in your strategy. But as a fighter, you, you may walk into a fight with the same belief that you did last time and you may end up on the losing side because of a lapse of concentration or you know you something that wasn't under your control. So with Connor it's interesting to it's interesting to look at how he's it seems like and from this interview yesterday it seems like he's finding the balance. And this young guy is what 30 years old. Yeah, 30 so, 32 has two kids now. For someone at that level who's been manifesting digging deep and sort of created this I can beat anyone yep. when you start to realize that power it's kind of like Lord of the Rings where yep. when you have the ring and you have that power and you realize that power you play with fire yep. and you're playing with fire yep. and then it's like it reminds me of a, of a saying in Christianity and it's like my, Jesus said one time my, my father's home has many mansions mm-hmm. um, the ego has many layers and many I'm sorry, my, my, you know, yeah, my, my father's mansion has many rooms. Um, the ego has all these rooms. Yeah. And you I have a 30-year-old guy on top of the world with more money than he can ever know what to do with now. Um, you're basically like Lord of the Rings where you're wearing that ring. Um, it's a lot, especially for a guy who's kind of a street, you know, he's kind of a street kid. Yeah, he had a mom yeah. and a dad and he had some love at home, but... He's an Irish street tough kid, right? Yeah. Grew up fighting and everything. So yeah. there's an old saying, you can take the kid out of the street, but you can't take the street out of the kid. So you give someone like that that much power. He's on top of the world. There's always a microphone. He's gifted. He's, and part of the beauty of him is he speaks his mind. Yes. He says what's there. Yeah. And he's very instinctual. That's part of his beauty. That's part of his beauty in a fight. He does not hesitate. He sees it. Oh, he hits it. He has complete confidence. Hands are super accurate, super quick. He doesn't have hesitation, but when you have no hesitation with ego, you have no filter, and you have the things running through you that he has dynamic personality. So you know the best of Connor in terms of a human, in terms of loyalty and empathy. I see that the best of Connor is somebody like a lot of people around him love him and they're very loyal to him because he has those qualities that would make someone loyal to him. Yeah. The worst of Connor is, you know, he's throwing things that he's he's running up the 
whatever team buses right. at Madison Square Garden and just being crazy, or he's at a bar with you know some fifty-year-old guy who doesn't want to drink his right. proper right. whiskey. Right. But but so I, you know I I, I appreciate a, a dynamic personality like him or Ali. I love watching his fights. He does. I mean, I do. I do. I would. I, I mean, if I, I don't know Connor, and he's one of the guys I didn't interview when I was at UFC, but. You, you just hope from the outside that that he gets it together because like we were saying yes. even earlier it's like I mean you're a tough guy and you're, all, you're, you're, you're a rich guy now and you're going to be more rich but there's people out there and you start making enemies and gangsters and monsters right. and whatever and right. it's like there's people out there that are that are rough and that they play a different game play a game of, that's true they play a game with, with guns they play whatever and it doesn't it doesn't doesn't take much nowadays if somebody so you, you know it's just it's just still dialing back no matter how big you get to have respect to keep that decency keep that respect because if you look at the old tapes of Connor I guess in UFC Fight Pass you can go watch you were telling me that oh, last yeah. time yeah you can watch those old Connor fights yeah you have much more meek presence about him much yeah. more um, shy I guess we would say. And he had that in him. I mean, he had a he has a part of him before yeah. before he discovered this character. Now, this new character that he has, or it's already a part of him, right? That he brought forth, that's helping him manifest. That's that's Godzilla that can, can slay any dragon. And now he's playing with fire. Yeah. He's like, okay, that very thing, that very thing that's made him all this money and made him capable to to beat anybody. Right. That's the thing. It burns both ways. But th- let's let's turn while we have time. Let's turn to the Connor fight because yeah. I have friends. And I'll let you speak since I just off the mic. I have friends who like. So I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised the line. I don't know what it is in this last week, but going back last week, it was Connor. You could see a lot of Connor minus two fifteen, minus two fifteen. I thought this should be in my brain that this should be Connor. Uh, minus three fifty at least, and I even like Connor Ford when I love the matchup for him. Um, but I'm going to let you weigh in, a right? Bit and then I'll. Well, there's there's variables. So one, it's at, it's at one seventy, and we've only seen Connor at one seventy versus Nate. The first fight, I don't think is a fair, you know, is is a fair thing to compare because that was done on super short 10 days notice or something mm-hmm. right they made that they made that event um so you know that that's one thing obviously well i think connor was not supposed to fight at 170 he's supposed to fight i thought at 155 for that one and because there was they no found way he nate and he fought at 170 right. for that one so right. right he didn't even have a chance to envision himself it's still a little different when your intention right. is you know you can weigh 171 on the scale right i heard connor walks at like Generally 74, 75. Right, I think so. Cerrone's about walked by about 85, 86. Yes. Yeah. Maybe a 10 pound difference. Yeah, so so that that's one that's one variable. And you know, the there's now this sort of narrative that, you know, because we haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen Connor in the UFC since twenty eighteen and and you know, he didn't look great against Khabib and it's been, you know, whatever, a few years since we have seen, you know, the Connor of, you know, the two-belt Connor, you know, that was knocking out champ, you know, champ. everyone. Champ, champ. The first champ, champ, right? So, um, you know, so now there's this narrative that, you know, Khabib is the greatest and, 
you know, all of that, but I think people really forget who Connor is, the, the type of really gifted special fighter that he is. And now, because it's at 170, because it's against another dynamic striker, mm -hmm. now we can't necessarily say, you know, we can't say, well, this is how it's going to go. There's way too many variables. And, you know, so Connor, for one, is, you know, part part of that narrative is that Connor doesn't have a gas tank. And that if, you know, and especially around this fight, basically the conversation is in a five round fight against Cerrone, who has lots of tools, who has submissions, mm -hmm. who has takedowns, all of this stuff, the, the thought process that, you know, a lot of people are, are saying is, well, if Connor doesn't knock Cerrone out in the first or second round, then Cerrone, you know, is going to wear him out, and Connor will gas, and that'll be that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's accurate at at all. And one of the things that I heard, uh, and, and by the way, I agree with Zach. No, one one of the things that I heard Shale Sonnen bring up, uh, and this was something oh that he talked that he talked about from conversations with uh, Chad Mendez after fighting Connor was how confusing and disorienting Connor's uh, distance and the way the way that he uses distance and the tools that he applies Very sneaky. To, to use distance. So not only is he using, you know, all this, you know, random, you know, hand movement, you know, take hands behind the back, look at my hand over here, you know, kind of stuff. You know, weird quirky. The hocus pocus of fighting. Yeah, weird quirky. You know, snake movement. You know, all of these things that you know sort of confuse you and make you think something because it's not a pattern that you've seen a thousand times in the gym. You're like, wait, what's happening? And on top of that, he basically has two jabs. He has his regular jab, and then he has teeth that he's very accurate with that he uses basically to as, measure you. To, not only to measure you, but just to like disrupt your timing mm. and as a, as a way of continuing to, you know, measure measure distance. And a lot of a lot of what Connor does, I think is very very subtle. And even as a even, you know, even a, a former fighter that, you know, has competed at very high levels, unless you're striking at that level, like unless you have that level of boxing, I think it's hard to understand what he's doing unless you've actually been in there. And we didn't see, you know, him using that distance with Khabib. That's a whole other thing. You know, Connor's talked about how terrible that camp was and how he wasn't focused and, you know, all and how, you know, we didn't get the, you know, the Connor that we should have. But, you know, when it comes to, you know, high level striker versus high level striker, And looking at basically, you know, Cerrone, who is as 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 talented as he is, he is he is basically a Muay Thai striker, and he does not have head movement. He doesn't have head movement. He doesn't have head movement. His footwork is not, you know, amazing. Comes forward. Comes forward predictably. Comes forward. And he holds his chin up, and he, he you know, and Connor talked way about, slower than Connor. Yes, and Connor talked about this two years ago or three years ago, whenever they had that He's exchange. Fighting the mood. Yeah, exactly. In the mood. You're stiff. You look like you're stuck in the mud, and that's still true. Like Cerrone has not corrected that, and we've seen that in in previous you know fights where you know he's gotten picked apart 
in in the pocket, in those exchanges. And, you know, I think really what the fight comes down to is Connor is gonna dictate the distance of of the fight. And he's going to be able to pick and choose his spots. And yeah, Cowboy will come forward. He will come forward. He will come forward. He's he not gonna run. Even though his best chance would be for a long, drawn out yep. five reference. It's not, not in his DNA, that. it's nope. not in his constitution. Exactly. He said it as well. Yep. And everything we've ever seen in Cerrone is he will go down, he will fall on his sword. Yep. He fights the way he fights. And I, personally, I don't think it's just for the fans. I just think he enjoys that. I think he he, he really has that bravado. He yes. has that bravado that makes him so exciting, that makes him the fight of the night kind of fighter. He's just, he loves, I mean, again, this is a guy who was riding bulls when they were like, dude, you have a fight coming up, don't ride bulls. You can get right. thrown off the bull. Don't right. ride those motorbikes. Don't go jet skiing. You know, right. you fall on jet ski. Yep. This is a guy who loves to live on the edge. Right. You are not you're not changing that on right. He's gonna go and, and, and remember, like you, we were talking about earlier with ego. The ego, I mean what makes Donald Cerrone I think has is either the most or he's tied for the most wins in UFC history. Yep. Right? This is a phenomenal fight uh, over his career. A guy who just right there at the knocking on the door of a title yep. could never really get over that hump. But right there, knocking on the door of a title, phenomenal career. But this is a guy that still believes, even though he's four and six in his last ten fights, yep. four and six. Yep. He's been knocked out, you know, a number of those times. And in the last two fights, he's been stopped. Gaethje stopped him. Yep. Ferguson stopped him. Two really damn good fighters, but yep. nevertheless, he got stopped. So he's four and six in his last ten, but still... He's tied for most all-time wins, or he has the most all-time wins in UFC. Yeah. And this is a guy that still thinks, never say die, he still thinks, yeah. I'm going to knock this Conor guy out. I'm, yeah. I'm going to beat this Conor guy up. Yeah. He, that's what he's thinking. He's not, yeah. And he's thinking, I'll beat him at my game. Right. I'll beat him at what Cowboy does with my kicks. You know, with the jab that's, I've seen his jab stun guys. But I'm with you, when I break it down stylistically, so I mean, I like Conor, and Conor, I have, you know, a ton of respect for him as a fighter. You know, some of the annex do make me cringe, but again, I'm 47, he's 30. Right. You got to give guys time to yeah, figure yeah. it out, kind of. Yeah. And I, I've never yeah. had that kind of money he's got. Yeah. But I do pray for him, like, hey, dude, I hope you get together because I don't want to see your your life go off the rails. But but when I look at the matchup, I'm thinking where Connor is now because that next fight, he, you know, Connor is sort of in uh, kind of what I would call like a no man's land. He's kind yeah. of in a limbo where you come off of that Khabib fight, where you make all that money with. Floyd Mayweather, whatever, yeah. 50 million, 70 million, 80 million, whatever he made. And then you fight Khabib and you lose that, even though, um, you know, I actually thought that he actually did well against Khabib. I picked Khabib to win. I actually thought he, I mean, he was way, way harder to take down than yeah. that we thought. Um, yeah. He won a round. Yeah. Khabib had never lost a round. Yeah. I mean, to say that it was like he got steamrolled or whatever is not he was He was competitive. It didn't, it, 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 it looked like, yeah, he belongs out there. And it looked like also that if he makes some tinkerings, the next fight could be interesting. Yes. I mean, there was enough. I saw enough that I thought, well, I picked Khabib first fight. I will pick Khabib second fight. But I did see, man, if, if Connor could stay upright. I mean, he showed me he's a lot harder to take down. Yep. He showed me he could get back to his feet at yep. times when he did get taken down. Yep. For a guy who got suffocated a lot of those rounds, I, I, his cardio held up better than I thought. Yep. I know he got tired there at the end, and he got he got himself in a spot. And I know that he. He tapped where they say he's a quick tapper or whatever. I, you know, we did see that again. But we did see, if you really look at the micro, uh, he's fighting arguably the best fighter pound for pound in the world. You can say John Jones or Khabib. Yeah. 
Khabib's net worth 28-0, 29-0, whatever he is. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal, all-time great fighter. Bro. You can make an argument that among the three greatest fighters who've ever lived in a very tough division, 55 is very tough. Yeah. Uh, you can, I don't know what's going to happen with Ferguson. Part of me, ugh, Ferguson Khabib is tough to pick. But I'm just talking about today. You can make an argument that Khabib's the best fighter on the planet and one of the three or four best all time. You can yeah. make that argument. Yeah. Um, so for Connor to fight a guy that's in that ilk, he did not embarrass himself. He just, you know, when you talk that much, people expect you to win the fight, yes. and he didn't win the fight. Right. All right. And he couldn't. And, and again, what we saw is he couldn't, even though he did a good job of stuffing the takedowns and getting back to his feet early on, he couldn't really let his hands go. Right. Fighting a guy like Khabib, he never felt comfortable enough yeah. to really get off and be Connor. Right. He couldn't throw the volume. He couldn't do a lot of the Connor stuff you're saying with the feints. He couldn't do a lot of the Connor stuff in that first fight because well I'm fighting Khabib and this guy will dump you on your head. Right. And that's something that Kavanaugh talked about a lot after the fight was that they after the fight they basically said we have the wrong strategy going into this and they focused almost solely on defense. And that was sort of their strategy. They knew that Connor would be taken down. They knew where he was going to spend a lot of time on his back. And the biggest thing that Kavanaugh said is that the, the change that they would make is they would be way more yeah. aggressive and proactive yeah. in their strategy. But the, I think the, the, the thing for me, and to, to talking about Khabib, I think we're going to learn a lot by seeing the Ferguson Khabib fight. Even, even if Khabib wins, yeah. we're going to see... A, a, you know, we're we're going to see deep holes. Yeah, we're we're going to see holes. We're going to see Khabib tested in ways that he hasn't been tested. And so I think for Connor to be able to, if that fight happens, I think for Connor to be able to see that and use all of that information yeah. plus the loss. I think the second fight, if there is a second fight with Khabib, it's a t- it is a tougher fight for Khabib. Yes. I think it is. I yes. think Connor benefits. Yeah, Connor benefits from. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing with Khabib, because I thought, so Khabib a lot of times doesn't worry about getting hit. Yeah. He respected Connor's left hand in that fight. Yeah. He kept it, kept his hand at home to protect himself a little more. He did. He moved his head a little bit more because because he's got a lot of bravado in him, too. But Khabib, yeah. I've seen him fight good strikers, and he just is like, I don't care. Hit me. You know, well, he's he has got, a chance. Yeah. yeah. But he respected Connor's power. I mean, yeah. he did. He didn't go in just reckless. I've seen him hunt people down. And I didn't, I didn't know that Khabib had that. It's clear that his camp emphasized it. And, and again, I see a lot of bravado in Khabib. That's part of what makes him great, but it's part of what can get him knocked out against somebody. Yeah. Is that he's he's a he, he's a gambler. He's yeah. like, look, you can't. I'm I'm Russian. I'm a bear. You can't hurt me. I'll yeah. come forward. I can outbox you. Yeah. He's got that whole thing too. It's like I'm not just a wrestler. I can outbox yeah. you too. And so, part of me was worried about him there. Like he could play Connor's game. He could get stupid. Right. Play Connor's game. Right. He did show a little more caution standing, even though he he, he, he stunned Connor with that with the overhand. Um, but the thing for Cerrone. So when I look, when I analyze Cerrone and and Connor, I mean the first thing I thought when I saw the fight is like, okay, since Connor is sort of in this limbo where it's like, well, where do you go next? You make you got big money fights, right? You're a guy who really, ideally, probably would want to make. I'm just my my thing. You probably would want to make twenty to thirty million a fight. You're in UFC. Maybe even more. You want to build a lot of sponsorship around that too, yeah. aside from proper and whatever he's making with them. And so, let's just say the Cerrone. I don't know what he's making, right? But let's just say that he's making eight or ten million or something, right? And he's not making the same money as he did with Khabib. He ain't making anywhere near what he made with Floyd. Right. And so, 
that next fight for him is key too because you don't want to lose two in a row. You know, you lose to Khabib, there's no real, really, there's no shame among a lot of the fans who know. It's like, yeah. okay, you lost to Khabib. Right. There's no shame in that. Right. right. If you were to lose to, say, Justin Gaethje, who I think, you know, very highly of, and I, I like Justin, I've interviewed yeah. Justin, but a lot of people don't know how good Justin Gaethje is. If Connor was to lose to him, if he were to fight Gaethje, he's not going to make the same money right now. Right. And if he loses to him, it hurts him from a perception band's point because it's a guy that a lot of people haven't heard of, a guy who's not a champion, a guy who's not an all-time race. So it doesn't make sense. Dangerous, dangerous fight for Connor. Cerrone makes a lot of sense, except for financial. I don't see where where he's going to get the financial right now for this fight. I don't see that. I mean, I don't know, 10, maybe even my main generous, I think 15 million. I think it's a long ways from what Connor could make with, say, a Khabib rematch or um, some other fights. But... But, okay, so he, he's taking a hit, I think, a little bit by Connor Standards financially. Yeah. Although most fighters won't cry for him if he makes 10 or 12 or whatever million he right. makes for this fight. Right. Um, but I like the matchup for him, and I think, I think a lot of fighters know. Fighters know. They, they play like, yeah, you know, I just fight everyone the same, and there's no extra motivation or whatever. But they know when there's a good matchup for him yep. and when there's a bad matchup yep. for him. And... And, you know, I just saw in college wrestling this past week, there was a guy, uh, you know, number one. I, I love the guy. Phenomenal wrestler. Phenomenal. He's in a big tournament. And he gets injured. He, he says he's injured in the semifinals. By the way, he's got a, who's he got to face in the finals? A guy who's been calling him out. One of those guys. Nothing to lose. Very good wrestler. And just by, just by coincidence, was fine dominating everybody in the last two tournaments. Gets there. No noticeable injuries we saw. And then he's like, he's got to face a guy who talks a lot of smack. Built the stage up bigger, is is dialed in on him, is wrestling really well, has the look of somebody that can pull pull the upset, and didn't want. And, and to me, I I saw what I see sometimes, which is, I just don't like that matchup. Right. I don't like that matchup. I think my whatever hurts right now. Right. Now a lot of people will say, oh no, that doesn't happen, whatever. But I'm one of them. I've been in the trench with these guys. I do see it. I think Connor. I mean, with Donald Cerrone, you know what you're getting. I mean, there's no. He's been doing this so long. There's a lot of tape on him. You know what you're getting. The only scenario where 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 Cerrone, I, mean, I should say the only, because it's fighting and anything can happen. I mean, we've seen Kevin Randleman knocked himself out on the way to the cage, right, slipping right, over right. A, a pole. Um, and we've seen fighters on fight day get you know diarrhea or whatever. Right. Yeah. But 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 the the, the 99 scenario where Cerrone wins is with one of those head kicks. Yep. Exactly. Or, or or with a takedown. Yeah. Right. A takedown, and he he is better if he gets on top of Connor with elbows and punches, and, and, and you know he's got a, a good submission game and some triangles. But the the thing with the with the head kicks is is it's overblown because even with all his wins, I think almost fifty fights, Cerrone has over fifty fights. I think he has 10, 10 stoppages. Only ten of those. Only ten. He's four and six in his last ten. Only 10 of his fights are by stop. So even though you see, it seems like you see Donald Cerrone head kicks all the time, but it's like with punches, via punches and kicks, it's 10. So it's, it's, it's 20, roughly, in roughly 20% of his fights, he lands the punch, the kick that puts you out. All right? He's got to put up a guy who comes forward, like you said, bad foot movement, comes forward, doesn't move his head, way slower, stuck in the wood, Connor yeah. says, way yeah. slower than Connor. Yeah. Connor's looking at that matchup and thinking, doesn't have Diaz's chin, right? Cerrone is a very tough guy. He's a durable guy. Doesn't have, I mean, he's been stopped, I think, four four times or so in the last ten fights. 
doesn't have Diaz's, nobody does, Diaz's durability, Diaz's chin doesn't. So, I mean, Gaethje just, just, you know, tore through Donald. And so you have uh, Connor, probably the most accurate puncher in the game, who does have, they call it the kiss of death in the left hand, and is a counter, at his best, is a counter fighter. At his best, I mean, he can knock you out other ways. At his best, that's how he knocked out Otto, as a counter fighter. Yeah. He will not have to take the lead on Donald. Right. He's at his best with less risk, with even less risk. When you're a counter fighter, too, that means Connor has to take less risk. And so Connor's at his best with that left hand as a counter fighter. I find it, I. And then even the way that Donald throws his head kick, he does have a nice head kick. Yeah. But the way that, that, that you know, what if I'm Kavanaugh and I'm and I'm um, Connor, and you're watching that, he throws I think a jab, you know, a little little jab, a little reachy jab, and that sets up his high kick. That's that's his best kick. Yeah. And they're going to take away the high. I mean, you know, you, when you go to fight a guy, you look at what he does, and you usually you get to take away two or three things. You just say, look, if he's going to beat us, he's going to beat us with something, not this. And you yeah. build your camp. You can't stop everything that someone does. You can't, right? You yeah. can't go in there thinking every single thing that they do. You go in there with a game plan, and it usually it's built primarily to, look, if, if he's going to beat us, we're not letting the power hand beat us. We're not letting that kick, right? And I think they're going to take away that, 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 that kick from him. I think they're, they're no, oh, they no know question. how he sets it up. No so it's not like this is a high kick from hell that we have no clue in the building. Right. Connor comes in knowing, yeah. okay, I'm way faster than you, Donald, and I know that your best bet is that high kick, yeah. and that's our numero uno. That's our top thing is we don't let you land that high kick. Yeah. Now, if he lands a high, high kick, barring like some amazing you know, jaw-dropping setup, it's like he should not land that high kick. Right. And I do see stupid stuff happen in fights where I'm thinking, that, how did the guy knows... You know, why are you circling toward the power hand in range? You know that that's right. his best weapon, and right. it just it, it boggles the mind. But at that level with Connor and Kavanaugh, I'm thinking, okay, you don't. Now, if you're Donald, your big thing is don't get beat by the left hand, right? That's your big thing. Your, your number one thing if you go in there against Connor is, you know, where's that left hand right. at all times? Right. But the only problem with that is if, if you're going to fight Connor and we're with the left hand, it kind of could just paralyze you. Like, you just basically have to be, like, so paralyzed, so reticent. Yeah. Like, you, it's hard when you have Cowboys DNA where you come forward and you throw a lot of punches. Yeah. It's going to be hard to just be, like, to sit and wear the left hand because Cowboys thing has never been, I don't let you hit me. It's just that I just wear you down. I just do what I do when I wear you down. It's yeah. not, it's not a game of don't get hit. Right. It's not a game of that. Right. It's, you hit me, you hit me. I'm counting on my cardio. I'm counting on my arsenal, my weapons. Right. And that's not that doesn't favor him because no one one Connor left hand is worth like twenty yeah. Donald yeah. normal blows. To, to me, the only way that that barring a freak accident or a, luck, a lucky head kick or whatever, but I don't you know I don't see that happening. To me, the only way that Cowboy could really give himself a chance is if he took like a very smart George St. Pierre-esque approach and didn't and chose to go in and the game plan was I'm gonna level change and take this to the ground and that will be my strategy. I'm gonna pump my jab, I'm gonna get Connor to throw the power shot, I'm gonna level change, I'm gonna take him down. He's not gonna do that. He's no longer a Jackson Wink. He's not gonna walk in with that strategy. And and to me the other thing too that I think is is interesting, and this isn't a knock on Cowboy, 
but this is a payday for him. And he has nothing to, like, there's no downside for him. It's fine if he loses. Might be his biggest payday. I'd be interested. This this will probably be his biggest payday. Yeah, for sure. But there's no downside. If he if he loses to Connor, if he gets knocked out, if he goes, it doesn't matter. If he loses to Connor, fine. He lost to Connor. That's there's you know to him it's 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 it is a money fight. You know, so it doesn't actually matter so much if he at at the at the end at the end of your career too, and and thinking it'd be great to get that kind of payday at the end because you don't have that many more battles left. There's no there's no there's no title shot. You know, pending if he gets if he beats Connor, it's nothing. It's fine. He can lose and he still gets the payday. So. You know, to me, the, the fight goes like this. You know, it's an orthodox versus a southpaw fighter. All of all of the things that we've seen uh, cowboys be susceptible to, body shots, teeps, you know, all of those things play right into Connor's He has Connor's trouble with, at, with very athletic fighters. He does. Yes. Pettis. Yep. Even Ga- Gaethje, who does those backflips off the gate. Gaethje is yep. deceptively super athletic. Yep. So, so you Ferguson, he has trouble with... He usually destroys, like, the stiff muscle head, meat head yep. exactly. striker. Exactly. Cerrone eats him up. Yep, exactly. So if you're, if you're a wrestler or a stiff striker, Cowboy goes in with Muay Thai... Waves through the fire, gets into the pocket in those exchanges, finds his combos, you know, finishes with a head kick, you know, chops you up, he does his thing. But with Connor, he's got southpaw, he's got, you know, power, you know, left kicks to the body, you know, as a huge weapon for Connor. And like we're talking about, Cowboy's gonna go forward, and in those exchanges, you're playing into all of Connor's strengths into the power, into the counter-striking, and like you said, it's like one sneaky left hand, you know, is the touch of death for, for Cowboy, and those shots, they don't have, you know, Connor doesn't load up, it doesn't look like a power shot, you know, I mean, if you look at, like, the Aldo knockout, Aldo basically, you know, at, you know, lit himself on fire doing what coming charging forward charging coming forward, forward and it was just a pop you know it's just accuracy you know it wasn't a giant power shot and to me that's that's the same thing that you know is the danger for, for cowboy he's going to move forward he's going to get in these exchanges connor's going to be faster he's going to have the angles he's going to counter to me, there's no. There's the other, no the other way thing is that, the thing that with him being tired. Be people forget he did have a war of attrition with Diaz in the second fight. He went five. Yep. He did win the fight, a very competitive fight, and, and a good fight. But, but, but I think if if now in that fight Diaz, um, and I, I think this is another thing that Kavanaugh and them will look to do. I think when they look at building a better Connor as a fighter, it's also knowing. What to put on the, on the punches? It's not people just always think it's just cardio and it's VO two max. And there's elements of efficiency where you know you could say Connor throws a lot of his. So first of all, even a lot of the feints, a lot of feints, feints require energy. If you're feigning the whole time. That requires energy. If you're if you're bending, that requires energy. If you're throwing heat on every shot, that requires energy. If you're, you know, you're breathing. So there's a lot of things where he, we have seen him. I mean, I, I have seen between the D, I, I don't think he has a great casting now, but 
But I saw in the second DS fight, and I even saw with Khabib. I mean, Khabib is just so crazy powerful. Imagine the energy it takes to get up off the ground with that guy on you, or to fight off a takedown by Khabib. That's a lot of energy. Yeah. And I actually, I can see an inc- an increase. Even if you watch the Khabib fight, you watch where Connor is comfortable in some spots where they're not his conventional, where he's standing and he's dictating everything. He remains comfortable in some in some yeah. spots that are compromised or, or not very good spots. He remains yeah. more comfortable. So yeah. I've seen progress in him there. I don't, you know, I don't see where Donald Cerrone in a stand-up fight where Connor is just having his day. Because um, the thing with Diaz is Diaz comes forward and takes so much punishment that it almost exerts a psychological pressure on you, which is part of what gets guys well, tired. Yeah, your too. crowd, the yeah. cool crowding factor, especially for a striker that depends on distance. Because yeah. yeah. you, you even start thinking with Diaz, you, when you hit him with your best shots and he gets up or he keeps coming, that could be discouraging. Yeah. So, I mean, if somebody can take those shots and keep coming, O'Connor could be in for a long, tough five rounds like we saw. Yeah. But I don't think that. I don't, and, and Cerrone's a slow starter. He's yeah, historically, slow historically a slow look, starter. If you look at his first rounds, he loses first rounds like to almost everyone. Yeah, yeah, he, and, yeah. And Connor, I think nineteen of his twenty-one fights, the knockout in the first or second right, round. Right, right. So I don't, I don't really see where, in to me, where in the first two rounds, I mean, Connor's probably going to throw at least. 40, you know, 40 points. I just don't see where, where uh, 40, 50 points is that. I don't see where Cerrone eats like Diaz did. Yeah. I mean, anything's possible. But again, we're talking about 37-year-old Donald Cerrone who, you know, there is only one Nate, Nate Diaz. And, and so the one thing that I had heard was, like you said, Connor hadn't fought since 2018. And everybody was like, well, you know, we got... He got the big payday. Did he get lazy? Because we just saw with Ruiz in boxing. I don't know if you follow boxing. He fought Anthony Joshua, and you had the kid Ruiz from, um, you know, the Mexican-American. And, and he came in 18 and a half over, 18 and a half pounds heavier than his first one. So he's shocked the world, beat Anthony Joshua, shows up for the rematch in Saudi Arabia, makes the most money he's ever made, and shows up 18 and a half over. Well, of course, as soon as I saw 18 and a half over, you know, there's just no way that he's going to beat Anthony Joshua a second time. But, you know, and then I talked to my boxing friend and I said, oh, well, see, Ruiz made, made a lot of money and he got lazy he, on the couch. And so that sort of that line of thinking, people all try to fit that on Connor. And I'm thinking, I have a very good psychological handle on Connor. And I'm like, no, Connor is a guy that's ultra competitive. If yeah. anything, that's a guy who's burning. It, it's like Tom Brady or Jordan. It, it, it eats him up. He's not a guy that's going to just roll over, even though, yes. He does. He has kryptonite, just like everyone does. He has his weaknesses. If you get him underneath of a really good grappler and he's tired or whatever, he will tap quicker than yeah. a lot of fighters do. Yeah. I mean, he, that, that's just plainest. You know, that's that's how they, they beat him. That's his Achilles heel. And I'm sure he's working more and more and more to get his, his jits and his escapability and his stand-up, you know, and his takedown defense. He is improving on those, but still. I mean, everybody's got something. Some guys are valiant, but they don't have a chin, right? right. He's got that's his something. That's the that's the mo. All right. But if 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 you look at, um, but 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 so Kavanaugh said so everyone's like oh Connor will be he's gonna be lazy. We don't know what kind of Connor is gonna show up. So that's why the line is what it is. Now Kavanaugh just said a couple days ago that I read on Instagram. This is the best 
that Connor's ever looked. And that's what I expect because that's what I see in him. I see an ultra crazy guy has so much pride, so much ego. He's like, look, I can't just roll over. I have to show the world I'm still here. It's important to him. He likes the attention. He likes the money. Yeah. He likes to think I'm the best. And so I expected him to train and to come back better. Yes. And that's what I expect. Now, if and, – and Kavanaugh, by the way, Kavanaugh's not a yes man. Kavanaugh has Connor's respect. He's not a yes man. And so he doesn't have to go forward on Instagram. He's not the kind of person to go on Instagram and make that statement if it's not true. Right? right? right. He's the guy holding the mitts and watching over everything Connor does. He say, look, I did, I, he said, I didn't think this six months ago. He's also very careful with yes. words. Yes, yes. Yeah. He said in the Instagram, I didn't expect this. I didn't know what we had six months ago. I wasn't sure. But I'm telling you now, I'm really excited to, to, to test run this because this yeah. is the best the guys looked. Yeah. Now, that's what I would expect, and I think that line's going to move based on. I think when people see on scale Connor and realize he wasn't eating, you know, donuts and cream puffs, and he's not. This is not he a Ruiz. Jacked. Yeah. He looks jacked. So I think that yeah. that is more trouble for Donald Trump. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think we're going to have a non-hungry, a lazy Connor. Oh, he wants to sell his proper whiskey, and he. I, I, I don't buy that. I think I think his pride, his ego, he has that championship pride. I don't see him I see him wanting to come back and be like, dude, you guys who count me out, you don't exactly. know me. He talked about you it don't in the know interview. me. He want he wants to remind everyone in he, in the UFC, in the community, the fighters, he wants to remind everyone who he is. And it's been a minute since we've had, you know, um, that that reminder. I, I will not be surprised if he goes in and just runs through Jerome. I will not be surprised at all if he finishes him in the first round, second round, whatever. I don't think it's going to be a, you know, Nate Diaz, you know, like all the way to the fifth round, we don't know who won kind of, you know, a Connor fight. I think Connor's going to go in and he's going to flatten him and it's, it's not going to be... Uh, you know, it's not going to be an even matchup, and we're going to see, you know, the difference in striking and all of that stuff. And I actually have to jet, but the thing, one of the most interesting things that I took away from watching this interview yesterday was not something that Connor said. He did say a bunch of interesting stuff. He talked about potentially fighting George Masvidal. He talked about how Justin Gagey's on his on his list, you know, of, of people he wants to fight. You know, so he talked about some other stuff, which which was good to hear because it wasn't all just I'm gonna smash Donald and then the Khabib fight. That Masvidal matchup is oh, that's a tough matchup. Connor, but that's, a, that's not a good matchup. <laughs> that's not, I don't like the matchup. That's not a good matchup. This is a guy who can take the shots and is a very right. good boxer but himself that's, that's and, a, and a bigger guy. Better, it's a, bigger but guy. it's a money fight. Yes, it's a huge money fight. Yes. So especially if you know, depending on what Masvidal does. But one of the interesting takeaways was not only just seeing like the shape Connor was in. And hearing the way that he talked, which kind of reminded me of, you know, like how he sounded in interviews, like pre-Mayweather, you know, sort of like back in the day when he was like the 45-pound champ, you know, Aldo era, you know, Connor. That kind of, kind of had that kind of nostalgia feel. But the thing that I took away from it was he had some serious cauliflower here going on that I'd never noticed 
that has to be new, which means he's putting the time in and not talking about it. It's not like he's running around on Instagram saying, hey, could be. There is more stuff on him on Instagram, though, in the Yi. It's, it's, there, there it, is, it, yeah, but it's, it's not like it's not he's, overdone. he's no. not running around bragging about it, saying, yeah. hey, Khabib, I'm spending five hours, five days a week grappling and training with these guys, Dylan Danis and whoever, you know, so you're going to be screwed and I'm going to tap you the next time you take me down. Yep. He's not saying any of that. He's just doing the work in silence. And, and I'm like looking at the interview and I'm like, I've just got some serious cauliflower here going on. Which means, you know, to me, that he, like we're talking about with ego, that he's objectively looking at where his weaknesses are and he's willing to put in that work. And, and realizing that his ego was one of those weaknesses yeah. where if he can temper and balance that ego, yeah. then a better Connor shows up. So everybody, this is it with my boy Zach. He's got a journal to write. This guy is a journal writing machine daily we'll talk we've talked about that before but zach Rowell, thank you so much we just solved a lot of the world's problems thank you so much thanks sir all right buddy i'd listen to that for that podcast <laughs> good